0: everybody and welcome to that's life and i am back from israel for the third time since october 7th on a or from a completely different trip and experience of my last two i will share a little bit about it um but suffice it to say it is amazing how many heroes you meet every single day in Israel. Good morning, everybody, and thanks for listening. I'm Mary Malwalek, host of That's Life, and head of social responsibility at Cross River. You can hear me every, or you can find me, I should say, every Thursday right after Allison or right before Yassi's live lunch. Yes, this is my spot, and the trip is the reason that I was not able to um, to be on the air last week live. Um, that's the honest. That's the honest truth. But but I promise you that. Um, Oh, it was worth it. It, Skipping the week, so so to speak, was worth it. I want to do the fortune cookie. I want to do the national holidays, but that uh, I will... Where's my fortune cookie? Um... We're out of fortune, no we're not, I'm just kidding because you know from the last show I brought oodles and oodles of fortune cookies. Um, so I'm going to do the fortune cookie, I'm going to do the national holiday, then I'm going to talk for a minute or two about my trip to Israel, and then I'm going to introduce my guest, it's actually a perfect segue, I'm excited that he was able to join me this morning, he had an opinion piece in the Jerusalem Post, it was either yesterday or the day before, but I'm losing track of my days, but either way we'll speak to Rabbi Stevenberg Berg in a second. Fortune cookie time. Fortune cookie time. Here we go. Here we go. Discontent is the first necessity of progress. That is a good fortune cookie. Finally. I'm actually going to take a picture of it. I'm going to keep it. And uh, there's a friend of mine at work who would totally appreciate this. He loves the idea and appreciates the idea of breaking something and rebuilding it to make it better. And that is exactly, I mean, I'm I'm in total uh, agreement with that. But that is what this fortune cookie means. Discontent is the first necessity of progress. Boy, ain't that the truth? Let's do the national holidays. By the way, it is a it is a packed national holiday schedule. I want to wish a happy birthday to one of my best friends in the entire world, um, Judy Myman. She is formerly known as Judy Miller for those of you from Morrisville who are like, oh, Judy Miller, the Millers. Yes, it's Judy's birthday today. Reach out. You can find her on Facebook. You can wish her a happy birthday. It is bus driver appreciation day. Yeah, if your kids take the bus every day and that bus driver smiles and is on time, yeah, appreciate the bus driver for sure. It is Digital Learning Day. It is George Washington's birthday. Yes, it is. It's National Margarita Day. I don't think those two are um, connected, but hey. It's National Supermarket Employee Day. National Wildlife Day. What are you supposed to do with that? What are you supposed to do? I mean, I live in Woodmere. There's no wildlife. Oh, that's not true. We have possums. Is a possum a wildlife? I don't know. We got raccoons. I'm I'm not praising them. I am not celebrating them at all. Those raccoons are impossible. Um, it's also Woolworth's Day. I have to mention that because I'm sure many of the people on who are listening right now have no blessed idea what Woolworth's is. But I got to tell you, it was such a staple in my life. Raise your hand if, if Woolworth's meant something to you. I'm sure there are hands out there. It is World Thinking Day. It is Introduce a Girl to Engineering Day. And more importantly for the Wallachs, it is Hockey History Day hockey history day yeah, I can say that that there was history made on um history made on what day was that Sunday oh my gosh history made on Sunday when we um, attended the um the Islander Ranger game on Sunday we attended the We attended the Islander Ranger game on Sunday at MetLife Stadium. It was incredible. Um, It was also crazy, very honestly. 79,000 screaming obnoxious New Yorkers, and the security line, for some ungodly reason, was very TSA-like, though I'm insulting the TSA, and that's not really fair. It took us an hour to get in. Um, There was pushing, there was shoving, there were punches thrown, there were people who were overly inebriated. There were two people in front of us, right to the the side of me, who... um, who were arrested um one person said we should just storm you know let's storm the the security and i'm like oh my god mob mentality it just changes in a second and uh yeah but that was certainly hockey history day it was a big win for the rangers 6-5 in overtime and uh at MetLife. life i will say it was very cool now let's talk about israel let's talk about israel you're listening to that Live here at the Nahum Segal Network, um, and I am very excited to be joined by our guest, Rabbi Steven Berg, CEO of Ace Global. He is a longtime friend of this network, that is for sure. His opinion piece in the Jerusalem Post um, is online. It was actually so well-timed in terms of my inspiration for reaching out and asking him to join me this morning. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot going on with Ace Global. Rabbi Berg, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you so much, Miriam. It's a pleasure to to, uh, to speak to you from Jerusalem.
0: No, I appreciate you taking the time. So, Aish is—I don't want to say launching—is launching the right word though? Is ancient Aish, Aish is launching a campaign to embrace, educate, and empower the unaffiliated? Is—is is launch the right word here?
1: Well, you know, any verb works that sounds explosive. <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs> I hear that. That's a good one. Yep. Um, but tell um, tell me what the plan is and what the objective looks like.
1: Uh, three years ago, we basically we sat, we did, we wanted to come up with a ten year plan uh, strategy for uh, the next ten years, and uh, we called it H Vision twenty thirty. And sitting with Rabbi Berkowitz, who is the russia of age, you know, he basically said that the majority of Jews out there have no relationship with the Almighty; they're just totally unconnected, and we need to reach them. Uh, through Jewish wisdom, through really, you know, speaking to them and, and giving over Torah. So we decided that we were going to go after 3 million um, unaffiliated Jews, unconnected Jews, 20% of world Jewish population to try and, and connect them. And uh, what we did then was, you know, once we set the goal, we're like, wow, how do we get that done? You know, <laughs> right. and uh we just, we turned to social media because we, we had had 20 years of success with h.com and we realized that everyone was on every Jew in the world was on social media. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm proud to say that three years later, we went from almost no presence to, we do about a million uh, video views a day and we have almost 4 million followers across all our social media networks.
0: That is that is truly unbelievable. But part of your or I should say the the crux of your opinion piece is that bringing these unaffiliated into the fold, embracing them, educating and empowering them is the strategy by which we are going to fight and combat anti-Semitism. How does that work?
1: Yeah, that look, that's the the conversation I've had here with with many of my friends, elected officials here in Israel, which is you, you can't really push Israel without this Judaic content. what I mean by that is there are so many unaffiliated Jews who are growing up with no context of Judaism at all. And they're winding up and college campus. We haven't educated them. We haven't really reached out to them. And so therefore for for, they're going kind of to the other side. And it's not just that they're disappearing intermarrying. They're literally protesting Israel. Uh, They're, you know, they're they're calling the IDF Nazis. And these, these are Jewish kids that are doing this. It's not, you know, it's not just non-Jewish anti-Semites. And, imagine how powerful we would be. You know, there's so many, there's so many unaffiliated Jews. If we could turn them and and bring them to our side and and be passionate Jews who believe in Israel, how much stronger we would be.
0: Amazing. Amazing. And so I guess the first step though, is identifying the unaffiliated and trying to at least start a conversation. How does that, how does that even happen?
1: Uh, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard because yeah, you're you're looking for people that are not necessarily looking to be found. Right. Because right. when you go to the Internet, uh, people kind of go kind of go towards the things that interest them. You know, if Judy is not on their radar, they're not really there. So what we do is we do with our content. We try to be very edgy and we go out there. And, and the first step, I call it giving people content without their permission, meaning <laughs> you're just your thumbs on your phone. You're scrolling down and also you bump into an H thing wow, that looks interesting. And then you may sign up and then we give you content with permission, you know? And so I, I just met with Chabad recently and they're terrific guys. They're on every college campus, you know? And I was talking to and they said, how many campuses are you on? And I just picked up my phone. I said, every single campus. Right, because we are literally where they are, and you know, my goal is to have have relationships. So I can I can find them, you know, get them interested, and then hand them off to people like Chabad or like OU, YU, or all kinds of other great places that could physically work with these kids.
0: Right. That's. Uh, I'm happy. First of all, I'm happy to hear about the collaboration, but but you know, with other great organizations. But it's more than that. Like their presence on campus, and we're going to talk about about college campuses because, frankly, for those. Those who have been uh, I don't even know how to put this, but for those people who have been subject to my tirades about college campuses, you know, they know that this is like this is forefront on my mind right now. But when it comes to, let's say, Chabad and it comes to the JLICs and it comes to the Hillel's and everything else, like saying that they're on the front lines is, is not it's not an exaggeration. We need to support them.
1: Absolutely, every way, shape, or form. You know, one of our uh, alumnus, uh, who's at Harvard, Shabbos Kestenbaum, is leading the fight to sue oh, Harvard. Yeah. Meaning, oh yeah, we, we have. We have to bring it to them. We can't just be passive, nice Jews while everyone beats on us. You know, we have to go after them. We got to scream and yell and and, and point out all the wrongs and, and defend our people. And so these these young people, I you know, I think I think of the the nineteen seventies and eighties where people rallied around Soviet Jewry. I think the future leaders of Jewish people are going to be the young people on campus that are fighting this fight right now.
0: Columbia University was just hit with a one hundred and fourteen page suit detailing blatant anti-Semitism on campus. Columbia, I mean, this is their second suit that they've been hit with. But part of the allegations, and I don't even know if I want to call them allegations, frankly. I know everybody is innocent until proven guilty, but come on. Um, But in this case, there's there's one anecdote of a student at Columbia who asked for special religious dispensation. I don't know if it was to move a final or it was to move something. I don't know what it was to move, but they requested... But it was on Shabbos. Whatever it was was on Shabbos. And they requested from the university special dispensation on religious grounds. And instead, the response that this student got was that, I don't know if it was a he or she, I'm pretty sure it was a she, should turn to her rabbi and ask for special dispensation to violate Shabbos in order to either attend this event or to you know be at this final. And I'm reading this going, it's it's 2024. Are you kidding me? It's 20. 20- 24. This battle that you are facing, this idea, this concept of embracing those who aren't affiliated, we are so in the trenches right now on so many different levels.
1: Uh, there's no doubt about that. You know, listening to that story, you know, you think about the story of our grandparents that would be fired every Saturday right. from their jobs. You know, we thought we moved past that until we realized that the anti-Semitism was always there It just, you know, need an excuse to bubble over. And, and they've been you know using all the lies that they're telling about Israel to just make anti-Semitism OK. And they're just kind of hiding behind Israel. You know, you have you go to Europe and you find anti-Semites hiding behind Banning circumcision, mm-hmm. banning ritual slaughter, you know, there's always, it's kind of hard to just say, I hate the Jews, but if you can find a reason for it, it gets a lot easier. And, and that's what's going on on campus.
0: Right. A hundred percent. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. I'm joined by Rabbi Steven Berg, CEO of AISH Global, discussing his opinion piece yesterday in the Jerusalem Post about fighting anti-Semitism by embracing the unaffiliated. When you start with um, a group of unaffiliated and you talk about education, what does education look like here? What are we? What's the what? What is the? Uh, it's not the word's not curriculum, but do you understand what I'm saying. How are you trying, or what are you trying to educate them about?
1: You know, for us, it's it's any piece of Jewish wisdom you know that comes from us. You know, we brought morality and ethics to to the world, and but we start out in very cute ways. You know, one of the one of the, my favorite pieces that we put out there was we we uh, we did some polling and we we did some pe- early pieces and we found that um, many many Jews think that if you have a tattoo, you cannot be buried in a Jewish cemetery. Right, right. now, obviously, that's not true. And some you know Jewish mother didn't want their kid to get a, a, a tattoo, so they told that to them, and then it it took off from there. You know. So what we did was we, we just realized that that was as crazy, this, this myth that was out there. So we created a video, like a very funny, entertaining video where like they're, they're at this funeral and some weird guy's giving a speech. And then some guy answers his phone. They drop the casket. An arm comes out. It has a tattoo. Everyone starts running around like, you know, and then the narrator starts to explain you know, what the story is with with tattoos and how you can be buried, you know, and what Jewish law actually says. And then there's a series of articles that you can go back to, and then there's a series of classes you can go from there. So it's about really putting out uh, Jewish material, Jewish uh, intellectual material that that is palatable, that speaks to them in their way. You know, you go to a lot of the Torah websites today, and and they're wonderful, but it's a rabbi at a lectern, right? Mm. No unaffiliated Jew in the world is going to watch that. It's just not going to happen. So you have to be very super creative but leaving breadcrumbs for them to enter into our world of immersion in Torah.
0: At some point, though, does the education, I mean, I I, I don't even know if you can say this. I don't know if there's a point, but like at some point, does it hit the unaffiliated that it doesn't matter that they're unaffiliated? They hate, you know, they're also hated simply for being a Jew.
1: Absolutely. October 7th did that in a way that nothing else could have. I'll tell you that we generally um, have about seven to 8,000 new followers per week. The week after the war, we did 75,000 new followers and we did uh, over 50 million video views. Large majority were liberal, unaffiliated Jews that were totally thrown that the people they supported yesterday were condemning them today. And so October 7th really was a game changer in a lot of people's minds and and, and it, it made them realize that like you know you thought you were assimilated you thought you were just a part of this culture well, well they're never going to let you forget it
0: right right you it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what you think you're doing or who you think you are at the end of the day you're a Jew just like us and that's the way, right, and that's the way they're seen. It's, um, you know, it, it, it's it's very reminiscent to me if we go back just a couple of years of all the protests and the riots during COVID, and you know, Black Lives Matter, etc. Those, you know, the 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 Jewish population that marched with those who thought they were their friends, like. Turn around, folks, now. Check out their social media. See what they're saying about Israel. See what they're saying about about Jews on campus. See who really is your friend. You'll be startled. It is amazing to me how naive people are and how naive people are about what's on their social media, right? Like you look at some organizations and you're... <laughs> You're stunned. You thought they were your friends and this is how they're acting post October 7. This is who they really are. And and if you if you if you look at people, you see who they really are. You know at this point, I mean, Rabbi Berg, we know who our friends are now, don't we?
1: Oh, it's it's never been more black and white. And and you know, on campus, they have this this Really a, a mantra that they're talking about, that there are the those colonizing and those being colonized mm-hmm. and everything falls in those two buckets. So Hamas, they're being colonized. So even if they go out and rape and kill and steal and, and murder babies, right, right, they're still the oppressed. And it's so warped. It, you know, it is really you think you're, you're in a Dr. Seuss book. It just wow. makes no sense. But that's what's being taught to our kids on college campus. We don't really—I don't believe our generation, Miriam. I don't believe we really fully understand what's going on with the woke culture and what our kids are being taught and told. And we have to really—we have to really stand up and because we're watching it now. The fact they could celebrate Hamas after all this rape and and murder is is really it was a, it was a wake up call.
0: And the hostages, there are—I uh, mean, yes, all of those who haven't condemned Hamas for rape, all of the all of the bring our home girls home initiative where you had you know, you had Mrs. Obama, and you had all of these wonderful people with their hashtags and their social media campaign, and they won't condemn rape. They won't bring home our hostages. They won't speak on our behalf. Yeah, you know what, guys? We know who our friends are now. We really, really do. And when we talk about the hostages, and people talk about the hostages on campus, it's also you know, seen as justified, that this is this is appropriate behavior. Are you kidding me? I don't even, I I so appreciate the efforts of Aish and certainly this campaign because frankly, like someone has to start, right? Someone has to start doing this and saying to our own people, guys, you need to come back. Whatever coming back looks like, you need to come back and we're here to help because you're right. We are only going to fight the mob of haters by making ourselves stronger.
1: Um, Absolutely. And we're we're stronger together. That's just the bottom line.
0: Right. We are stronger together. You have... um, Tell me something in terms of the initiatives on campus. Because again, I am exceedingly concerned about college campuses in the United States. I am... Uh, blissfully unaware of the college campuses in Europe. And I don't want to know because I can't wrap my head around what's going here, going on here. But talk to me about what you've heard, what you've seen beyond what's on social media, because God knows I know you know what's going on there.
1: Yeah. Look, I was in London uh, two days ago. I just on my way to Israel, I stopped in London for two days. And in London, you have a you have a campus chaplain, who served as a reserve soldier in the IDF, and he was told by the police to take his family and go into hiding because they threatened his life. So that that is the chaplain on a on a university campus in England. We're not you know we're not talking about the far east. We're not talking about the Arab countries. This is England, and and that's what's that's what's going on on campus. And the rest of these campuses, you know, the kids are scared because the the the, the violence. You know, and if you you watch these rallies, you know, you watch the rally in Washington, the Jews come together and they just. You know, it's just amazing. We come together, we sing, we say Tehillah, we we pray. You know, and then you you look at these other rallies, you know, with screaming and yelling and trying to shame people, and that's what our kids are going to. You imagine, like, just picture yourself day after day going to class and being screamed at. Like, like, who can who can stand that? You know, you're you're just a kid. You're trying to get your education or what have you. I went to one campus on on the West Coast, and I spoke to a professor, a really terrific guy, very well known professor, and he told me he said, "Look, a lot of this campus." Um, it, there's like a big, solid majority. A lot of the campus are, are certain you know groups who just don't take either side. So the pro-PLO Palestinian groups just get really loud, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they're going after the Jews and the rest of campus is just ignoring them. God. You know, so, uh, you know, our kids are are really suffering on campus. Uh, it is as bad as people think. And frankly, I'm, I'm very thankful to people like uh, David Magerman and yes. Bill Ackman, you know, David Magrin, who's really one of my heroes in life. Um, he went on CNN after he pulled his money from university of Pennsylvania and they said to him, they said, uh, will you be happy if the president, you know, resigns? And he said, absolutely not. Cause I think the next president will be just as bad. There's right. a culture issue here. Correct. And I was so, I told David, I was so proud of him for saying that, you know, because it's so much bigger than any one person. It's a culture issue.
0: Ugh. Tell me that, tell me there's hope after this. Tell me there's hope. Of
1: course there's hope. There's hope. I'm sitting here in Israel. The Jewish people has never been more unified. You know, people, the planes are all packed, even though it's only el al although we're very excited. United <laughs> just announced they're going to be flying shortly and then Delta, I think, shortly after that. But the planes are packed. People are coming. They're, they're throwing their support like crazy behind Israel. There's a lot of hope for us.
0: Well, I'm happy that that's the way we're ending our conversation because frankly, I think we all need some hope right now. And I will say that um, last week I was part of the Cross River Mission to Israel. There were 20 of us, including the executive team, who made a point of going as a company to Israel um, and speaking with families for, of, of hostages and speaking with families who have lost members in the IDF and meeting with our own colleagues, et cetera. And I commented that I don't know any other company that has decided to send their team to go be a part of this. Because it's something important to be a part of. And it was totally inspirational and, of course, heartbreaking at the same time. But, yes, you're right. You are right. There is hope. There is always hope. And I, I pray that your efforts and Aisha's efforts are, are, are successful because you're right. We can combat anti-Semitism by being stronger together.
1: Look, we're Jews, you know. Through the centuries, you know, the biggest and the baddest have tried to get rid of us, and it's it's ne- it's never worked. And uh, like you know, like you were saying, so beautiful about Cross River and, and what, what you you were here hearing. Your mission, you did right now. I'm literally after after I got off the phone, Westside Institutional, which is which is a beautiful shul on the west side of Manhattan. They're here on an H mission, and right now, as I speak to you, they went to a toy store on Ben Yehuda. They're called, they're buying out the store. <laughs> they're walking over to the Herbert Samuels, where you have all these right. refugees, from, you know, from the south and the north, and they're just giving out toys.
0: Amazing.
1: Right? that That's who we are. That's a Jewish. Tell me another people in the world that just goes and does it. It doesn't exist. No. And that's what they don't understand. They understand that, that they come after us all they want. And that's what I was saying before. You, we're, when we are united, no one can touch us. The problem is when we start fighting amongst ourselves, that's when we get ourselves in trouble.
0: Mika Amcha Yisrael. Rabbi Steven Berg, thank you so much for joining me. Continued Hatzlacha at Ace Global. And my best regards to everyone on your team.
1: Thank you, Miriam. Always a pleasure. Can't wait to host you here overlooking uh, Thank you. The, the place where the base of make is going to be real soon.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful Shabbos. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. A full afternoon of programming continues right after That's Life. We have, of course, the live lunch with Yossi Y. We have uh, Throwback Thursday. We have, oh, my God, I'm so emotional right now. I'm just like, <sighs> Israel. It is 100% true, 100% true. And the Arab Shabbat show at 7 p.m. Hosted by Mark Zamek and brought to you by our friends at Kedem. We have tomorrow morning, join Nacham as he hosts JM in the AM. God, I'm so out of it. Not out of it, but I'm so like wrapped up in this. <sighs> Check out H Global, guys. Check it out. Check out what they're doing online. Be part of their social media it's really unbelievable, the work that they're doing. I, I mean that sincerely. Um, tomorrow morning, join NACM as the host, J.M. in the AM. Malcolm line. joins him at 7.40 in the morning. And, of course, a full afternoon of programming continues. I do have to give Matis another shout-out. J.M. Sunday is just, I mean, I mean, unbelievably consistent, a wonderful show every Sunday morning. It is, it is something you should tune into if you haven't already. We close today with um, the new release by Ohad Moskowitz. Um, it is called Mivatlim Kol Hatsarot. It is actually, in my opinion, a very different sound from Ohad. If you haven't heard it, you should listen to it and listen to it multiple times. It a wonderful message for right now. And um, I love this sound for him. I really, really do. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys.
2: נ שח חודיה שח בחוד it's a godfrey, And <laughs> one